There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. You know, the really difficult part for me about ever going away, even if I'm going to be able to do my show when I'm away, is just trying to figure out how do you take everything you need across the country? You can't, you know, so you have to make up your mind. You have to understand, I'll be broadcasting live from LA uh, tomorrow and Friday. And I'm going to my son Derek's house, uh, ostensibly because Derek and Mary are going on one of these crazy, you know, it's different how the other half lives, right? So, Mary's best friend is celebrating her 40th birthday. They're all extremely successful, 40-year-olds and plus. And so they do destination holidays for their birthdays, right? They did it for my daughter-in-law's birthday, and they're doing it for this gal, Lindy's birthday. Did it for my daughter, my son-in-law. Everybody got one except Derek because it was the middle of COVID. So he had like a Zoom party which he didn't care about because Derek is so cheap that I can't believe he's going on this trip. They're going to some very exclusive resort somewhere in Mexico. And I'm terrified. I have them leaving all kinds of documents. If anything happens to them, God forbid, you know, I need it to be legal that I get the kids and raise them right. (laughs) So it's just so funny to me that I'm going to go all the way across the country and I will probably only leave the house to take the kids to school or dance classes and I don't do any sightseeing when I go to LA. You know, looking at homeless people is not exactly my idea of a fun time. And really looking at Nixon and Carter is my idea of a fun time. And thank God it's my husband's idea of a fun time too. I will probably take the kids where they have to go. I'll do food shopping. Um, I'll take them to the park. Whatever fun we're going to have, it'll be with me. He will never, ever leave the guest house. Well, he may come into the main house, but he will never leave the property. He might actually go out into the saltwater pool, but he will never leave the property under any circumstances. (laughs) And he loves it. It's his only chance to just totally relax. But I'm always stunned at how much stuff I feel like I got to pack into a suitcase. Now, of course, I have all my equipment in order to broadcast from there. I have to have a particular computer. I have to have a microphone. I have to have headphones. I got to have all this stuff. So that's taking up an enormous amount of space. Other than that, it's like yoga pants and t-shirts. That's basically what I'll be living in. And it's California. You know, they don't even get dressed up to go to a dance. You know, they all just hippie heads. I don't know how to describe them, but 
Um, anyway, I, I digress. It, when I'm ever preparing, you know, our flight is this af late this afternoon, so whenever I'm preparing to go, I usually have everything set up the night before so I don't have to think about it. But because we had a late afternoon flight, I thought, well, you know, I don't have to do anything. It's all going to work out. No, nah, no. Nah. I'm already totally behind schedule. And I have a husband who, when he says we are leaving at uh, 2.45, he doesn't mean 2.46, he doesn't mean 2.50, he doesn't mean 3 o'clock. He means the car will be packed because we leave it at the long extended stay. I'd hate to bother people to pick me up or take me to the airport. So the car will be packed at 2.45 and if my behind is not in the passenger seat, I may have to Uber. He's very, very strict about time which is the great thing about him because I am so not. We would never get anywhere on time if it was just me. So I just, you know, I tell you so much about myself personally because you need to understand I'm in a kind of crazy mood. Um, I'm a little crazed and that's good for you. It always makes for very entertaining programming, but it's not so good for me. It makes for, you know, somewhat psychotic thinking. And it's funny, I was so looking forward to my interview today with Cal Thomas. And then, uh, you know, somebody sent me a Cal Thomas editorial where he basically is saying, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis has to get his act together so he can be the nominee and he can win. And now I'm going to have to yell at Cal Thomas, you know, which I was not my intention. I won't yell at him. I have respect for him. But I'm going to say, what's wrong with this picture? But of course, the big deal today. Now, see, if this wasn't happening tonight, I could probably take Thursday and Friday off, not have to do a show. But because Mr. DeSanctimonious, Governor DeSanctimonious, has to have a Musk launch this evening on the Trump, uh, on the rather Twitter chat place, whatever that is, I of course have to be on tomorrow. Everybody's going to be so excited to hear what I have to say. I could probably do that right now. Why are you doing this? You're destroying your future. Ron. But anyway, we'll see. I want to hear what he has to say because he's going to have to um, make a case for himself. He can't just be the anti-Trump. If that's the method, if that's what he's thinking, he can't possibly get the nomination and he definitely cannot win an election. So we'll see. You know, Donald Trump, of course, came right after both of them. And, uh, and, and we expected that. You know, the, uh, he said, um, you know, I'll just attack him as much as I possibly can on this first day, insulting him, attacking him. This, of course, these two were political allies. Um, he took credit for DeSantis's gubernatorial win. He did help him, no question about it. Ron said so himself. He was losing to uh, Adam Putnam, and then he was losing to uh, the, the crackhead. Um, when he got the nomination away from Adam Putnam. So think about this, you know, Ron kind of owes his new political career. He didn't get him elected to Congress, but he did get him elected to the governor's mansion. And even though Don certainly did the greatest job and got reelected uh, handsomely, um, you should always dance with the one who brought you. And when you don't, you really lose face in front of the general electorate. You definitely lose faith in front of people like me because I, I remember everything. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, uh, everybody is 
talking about how, you know, all of a sudden Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott and Asa Hutchinson, whoever else has declared, I think there might be another one, I can't even remember his name, which shows how much of a shot he's got, right? But all of these candidates, so they're toasts now. This is now a two-man um, primary. It's between Ron and, uh, and Don. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. But we'll see. You know, the best line I heard was Carrie Lake, who uh, mocked uh, Governor DeSantis. She said, if you can't beat Donald Duck, how are you going to beat Donald Trump? <laughs> Which I thought was the best line that I've heard in quite some time, because it's true. I mean, Disney is basically um, moving jobs, moving buildings, moving everything away. So it's not really going to play well in either the primary or in the general election. Now, I know that the people whispering into Ronald's ear and giving him money tell him that this is his only window. If he doesn't do it now, he'll be a has-been in 2028. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. But, hey, you know, we shall see. Hey, nothing would make me happier than for me to be wrong about everything and for, uh, you know, him to... To, to do what needs to be done and fight a good fight, get the a nomination and win the election. I'll be happy. You know, I, I think he'll at least do a commendable job. I won't be as happy, but I can't say I'll be terribly upset. I just don't believe he can do it. And that's a problem. By the way, uh, Elon Musk did not endorse Ron. He likes him. And he's going to do this interview with him on this uh, Musk Twitter channel thing that they have going on. But he did not endorse him. He's keeping his powder dry. And some of the people who are lining up to endorse him are, interestingly enough, people following in his footsteps. No surprise there. Meanwhile, uh, Donald Trump is amassing a lot of endorsements from Floridians, from Florida congressmen, for instance. You know, I don't think anybody's going to tell me that uh, Byron Donalds is not a contender for the future. He certainly is. You know, he might be a good choice for a, a VP. I don't know. Tim Scott people are talking about. Tim's a little too nice, a little too mushy. You know, Tim is, uh, I don't know. He, he would look pretty insipid next to Donald Trump. But who knows? You know, nobody has any clue what Ron DeSantis is thinking about a VP. And once he declares, he's got to start, you know, the, the questions will be asked. Um, nobody's thought about what Nikki Haley or Elon, I mean, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who they would pick or Tim Scott would pick. But I assure you that will be a source of conversation about Ron DeSantis almost immediately. What happens to the state of Florida in the meantime? You know, does Jeanette Nunez step up and do more? Does she become the presumptive nominee? Does my guest, Blazing Golio, step up? There's a lot of people. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in politics already who are going to jump into the governor's race. We know that. So what happens to the state of Florida? Did we go on the back burner? Because it's a full-time job to campaign for president. And if you're not going to make it a full-time job, while Donald Trump is making it a full-time job, you're going to fall behind real quick. Does anybody besides me not know what Twitter Spaces is? I'm still trying to figure it out. How do I access it? 
they have a Twitter account. I guess they'll make a big deal and tell everybody how to do it before later, but I've never been on Twitter spaces before, so it's going to be kind of, everybody's going to be on a learning curve. I hope they have enough bandwidth because I'm sure a lot of people are going to watch it. I'm, interestingly enough, not going to be able to watch it. Uh, well, maybe I am. I think I can get Wi-Fi on the airplane, and if I can, then I would be able to watch it. But do I really want to? Because the minute I land, there'll be nothing else talked about. He'll be on with, uh, what's his name? The funny head, the guy with the funny hair, Trey Gowdy. He'll be on with him tonight. So I'll have a chance to, you know, catch up if I didn't get to see the Twitter spaces, places. I don't know what that is. Does anybody else? I'm hoping that everybody else does. Otherwise, going to be pretty, pretty uncomfortable for the... Uh, for the two of them, Ron and Elon, and Don. Is everybody's name going to rhyme this year? Why, it's Ron and Don and Elon. Uh, maybe not Tim Scott. Anyway, uh, Laura Ingram really uh, said some pretty crazy stuff yesterday. And uh, I don't know. It was the ultimate MAGA insult she gave to Pence and Scott and Haley. But it wasn't very kind towards us MAGA people. So that's why she's moving to 7 o'clock. <laughs> no more prime time for Miss Laura. But hey, I had once had a conversation with her. It was a very deep conversation. She was at the studio. She had her radio show, and she was broadcasting from the studio that I was broadcasting from in Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, she said to me after listening to my show, she said, why don't you get syndicated? And I said, I don't want to. And she said, well, you know, I'm going to get syndicated and then I'm going to get a television show and then I can give up the radio show and I write books. And I mean, she mapped out her whole life. And I said, well, good for you. You know, that's not what I want to do. I'm real happy right where I am. I have a motto, bloom where you're planted. Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget to visit the website, 850wftl.com, or go to the app, the 850 app, so you can find out about all these cool contests that we're having, and you can register to win. That's a cool thing, right? And stay right where you are. I'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So we're trying to figure out how we get to uh, Twitter spaces. Apparently it's not as easy <laughs> as you would hope, but uh, maybe by tonight people will have figured it out. I'm sure people are going to want to tune in. Hopefully they will get what they need before it actually goes down. That's uh, pretty crazy when you think about it. I was talking last night with someone who really was concerned about all of the sort of violent stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, I make note of it, but today I did put up on our um, da daily download the fact that uh, we got these crazy people teaching our young 
kids and, and teaching college students that are really becoming quite violent. Um, there was a professor at Hunter, of all places, my alma mater, who uh, literally, not only did she uh, attack some pro-life activists and knock down all of this stuff, um, but then she held a knife to a reporter who came to get a, a statement from her. And so she, of course, has been dismissed by the college. But all I keep thinking is these people are molding the future leaders of this country. That ought to scare everybody. You know, this is, uh, this is not... This is not an, an easy time to be a young person. And if you're being indoctrinated by people who are threatening violence all the time, I guess you just do it. The, um, the big news story, as far as I'm concerned, is that uh, the legal team for President Donald Trump are looking for a meeting with the Attorney General because apparently... They have gotten the word that Jack Smith, who is the special counsel handling the classified documents cases. Of course, there's no classified documents case on the uh, Biden administration or Joe Biden, but there is one on Donald Trump. So uh, his attorneys, James Trustee and John Rowley, are asking for a meeting at the earliest convenience with the attorney general. And uh, so far, uh, nobody's making any comments at the Justice Department. And, you know, this uh, special prosecutor, Smith, who is a very partisan guy, has been bringing in just about everybody, all the top aides for Trump. He, um, he's gotten testimonies from Vice President Mike Pence. He has uh, brought in attorneys of Donald Trump in direct violation of attorney-client privilege. And uh, we'll see, you know, this is, th they are just hell-bent on making sure that Donald Trump doesn't get to run. And I think about that all the time because, you know, it doesn't make Ron DeSantis's job any easier if Donald Trump gets taken out of the running. He will not be viewed as the presumptive nominee. Netney's going to have to fight. And I, I just, it's just such an interesting election. I have so many ideas. And I have so many sort of predictions. But I'm, I'm being very, very careful about those predictions. Because it's, it's such a, it's the wild, wild west out here right now. Connections that I used to have to all kinds of consultants and even to other talk radio hosts around the country. Nobody's talking. You know, nobody wants to give any information. You know, I tried to talk to somebody who's in uh, some of these early primary states, a radio personality. I'm not going to give his name. And I said, you know, what's going on? You've got your ear to the ground, just like I do in Florida. I said, uh, you know, as far as I can see in Florida, Donald Trump is going to, you know, he's going to win. Um, what's, what's going on where you are? And they'll say, oh, you know, I really don't know. I'm not sure. And I don't know if it's that they really don't know and they're not sure or that they're like me. They haven't figured this out yet. 
the the news that we get is also I don't know, biased, right? I don't believe what I see in the newspapers. I don't believe what I hear on the television set. There's uh, not a whole lot of people on talk radio talking. There's the Trump people, and then there's everybody else. You know, I think I would, you know, consider myself a Trump person. Dan Bongino's a Trump person, and pretty much ends right there. Everybody else is keeping their powder dry, as they say. Uh, Brian Kilmeade is trying to play both sides. Mark Levin is close to both uh, Donald and Ronald. So it's going to be um, it's going to be me out here holding the ground for Donald Trump. And my only hope is that he understands that it's going to be people like me who literally get a chance to move the needle. Everybody else is going to wait until it's too late, just like they did last time. When I said right from the moment he came down the uh, golden escalator, and I said, well, that's it, he's going to win. Everybody said, you're crazy, except for Ann Coulter, who now says I'm crazy. But I wasn't crazy then, and I'm certainly not crazy now. And I, can't, I keep getting lots and lots of emails from people who are so grateful that I'm stick, sticking to my candidate. They feel the same way. They, uh, they think that uh, he's going to have a, a good, fair fight, and they're not scared of Ron DeSantis. They're not scared of anybody. I certainly am not. And that's it. You know, listen, if you believe in, in something, you shouldn't you just stand for what you believe in? If you don't believe in it, I understand. You know, because anybody who thinks that Joe Biden can legally and ethically win this election with what we've seen from him, you know, I, you're dead from the neck up. Yeah, you really are. Oh, I just got some bad news over the uh, email. Uh, dear friend, old friend, has uh, passed away. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I'm going to take a break because Cal Thomas will be my guest in the next segment of the show. So stay right where you are. I will be right back. So, of course, if you want to know the reason that I really want a governor that's on the job, especially this governor, because he's done a great job. Um, I'm looking at these stats and of all places, I think they came out of the Washington Post. I'm not looking at them at that, their website. I'm looking at a mirror of them. And it's, uh, you know, real estate prices are suffering all around the country, except here, right? People are, well, first and foremost, people retired early because of COVID and they came here. People moved here who weren't retired, who knew there was work here, and who knew there was freedom here, the free state of Florida. So apparently, um, we are still booming in the housing market. As a matter of fact, there's a story about a couple with a $1.2 million budget for a home, and they can't get one. They keep getting outbid, you know, they finally found a two-bedroom waterfront condo that met their requirements and made an offer without even seeing the property. We saw it on FaceTime, put in an offer within the hour. 
it's crazy. I mean, the housing market has calmed down all around the country. As a matter of fact, people are predicting a disaster. But not here. We don't have a slump. Prices of existing homes uh, may be down just a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm grateful for those things. In the Sunshine State, if you keep getting new residents, of course, now we have to worry about whether the uh, NAACP has actually convinced anyone of any color not to come here. I find that so ludicrous. One, the uh, national chairman, one of them, of the NAACP was just down here on a holiday. You can't make this stuff up. Brought a whole family to the state where she says, you know, it's too dangerous for other black people. You know, these people in power, they don't understand that we really resent when they have one set of rules for themselves and a completely different set of rules for the rest of us. It's like they just enjoy looking down their noses at us. Now, there are signs here in Florida that prices are beginning to moderate. And, uh, you know, where are people going to go besides Florida? Prices in Florida are still actually high. Um, and that's a good thing. The pandemic spurred a million people moved to Florida from 2020 to 2022, which literally transformed our economy and and definitely our housing market. So when people look at me and go, oh, it's going to be rough. You know, I have some realtor friends and they're, oh, it's going to be rough. Prices are going to come down. Not anytime soon. You know, um, you know, I had a friend tell me last night, you know, he couldn't get somebody qualified for a, a small mortgage. It's not that the properties aren't available. It's that money is tight. It's that banks are in all kinds of agony. I was on a, a conference call just yesterday with a, an investment managing team, and they were talking honestly about the banks. Many people who were so concerned about failures in these banks have, uh, have no idea what's really going to happen. It's not that uh, banks are going to fail like Silicon Valley Bank and, uh, and uh, the Sigma and the First Republic Bank. Those banks were making critical errors, and they failed uh, because of their behaviors. You know, and notice their executives all got fat checks when they supposedly failed. Not a, that is not a good thing. Um, but he was telling us about how solvent the particular regional bank that he was with was. Um, but that money was definitely not going to be dispensed quite as easily. Everybody is looking to make sure that they don't get into trouble. And so it's not that the home buying market in Florida has really slowed down. It's that the access to money has uh, been affected. And if you're looking to buy in the beach or in coastal areas, it's like a fist fight with multiple offers. People move here thinking it's going to be cheap, but the prices are starting to look more like, you know, Aspen, Colorado. And uh, all these realtors weighed in on this article, and they all said, you know, all my buyers are from out of the state. You know, people moving um, in from New York, all the way across the country, from Washington. Now, the Federal Reserve has raised rate interest rates 10 times in the past year, which made mortgage rates double. A 30-year fixed mortgage is now at six and uh, about 6.5%, and... People remember 3.5% just this past year. So, as usual, the rich aren't 
worried, but everybody else should be. So the moderate homes, the moderate condos, you know, stay where you are and just hold on. It's going to be a, a rocky, rocky road. People coming from Denver. I'm looking at these stories that they wrote about in this. People coming from Washington, from Seattle. That's, a, that's as far away as you can get from South Florida. F- from Seattle to Boca, I don't think there's a further spread. I always thought my daughter who moved to San Francisco, that was about as far as you can get. Nope, you could go all the way to Washington. Oh, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's put Mr. Thomas on if, uh, if we have a chance to talk to him. Cal, I haven't seen you since Washington, D.C. at the fair rally. How are you? Well, I'm better than I deserve. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry I'm a little late connecting with you, but I'm glad we did connect. Absolutely. Although I was so excited about this interview, and then somebody sent me a column where you attacked my candidate, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no, how do I talk to Cal Thomas today? But uh, you had a Which very— candidate inf- would that be? Well, I'm, Don- I'm a Trump supporter, and well, you, were, you were talking about what Ron has to do to beat Don, I think, in the article, right? Well, among other things, yes. But, uh, you know, I voted for him twice, and I certainly uh, uh, agree with those who say he did a lot of great things, uh, Mm. starting to build the wall, the Supreme Court, a number of other things. But I think we're at the point now where uh, we need some not only younger leadership, but if character mattered, as many conservative and evangelicals said when it came to Bill Clinton, it ought to matter with, matter with Donald Trump as well. I, I, I was just completely turned off by the CNN town hall where he again defended the right of uh, the famous to grope women and to do other things uh, with women. I, I mean, as a husband of a woman and the father of daughters and the grandfather of granddaughters, that is just incredibly offensive to me. And to just write that off as uh, somehow uh, uh, unimportant compared to what could be done politically, I think that's a bargain with the devil. Mm. So having voted for him twice, I'm not going to do it again, even if he gets the nomination. I don't believe he can win the election because the independents have abandoned him. But that's basically said what they said in 2016. So we'll see. A long right. time till Election Day. It sure is. And we don't know what's going to happen. And none of the things that you're you know, even addressing weren't true in 2016. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder why so many people are more offended now than they were then. I mean, we were listening to. Well, those I think comments. there's been more added. I mean, you've got the, uh, you know, the Eugene Carroll business, his constant denunciations of people. I mean, I've seen it in person as well as uh, witnessed it on television. He demeans other people. He calls them names. It's so unnecessary. You look at Tim Scott's uh, announcement the other day. Now, you know, he's down at one or two percent, although he's got 22 million in his uh, war chest and is going to be running ads in uh, Iowa, New Hampshire and South Carolina. Uh, His message was completely optimistic about America, about his own story. Uh, I I went from cotton to Congress. I'm not a victim. I'm victorious. Uh, That that was Reagan-esque. That is what other Republican candidates have, have been about the future, and and not trashing their opponent. Yeah, you can criticize your opponent's policies. That's perfectly legitimate. But crying Chuck, little Nancy, uh, Ron Sanctimonious, how does that advance anything? It's childish. It's schoolyard, you know, your mother wears combat boots stuff. <laughs> Maybe I'm still in the schoolyard, Cal. What can I tell you? It doesn't, it doesn't bother me because 
I have never in my life had a president who fulfilled more of the things that mattered to me than with Donald Trump. And I'm one of these, you know, loyal people. If you gave me what I, what you promised me, I'll probably never leave. So, but listen, that's a legi- these were legitimate points about his electability. That's going to be the big issue. But, you know, I have a governor that I'm not really willing to see spend the next two years campaigning for the presidency because Florida will become his back burner. And we're in pretty good condi- good shape right now. I would like to see it maintained. So there's that for me as well with Ron, who will be announcing tonight. But I want to talk about your new book because I think Thank that- you. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think, it's a, I think it's fascinating. You know, first and foremost, you've been doing this for, what, 45 years? Long time. Uh, yeah, a little more yeah. than that if you start when I uh, was a disc jockey at the age of 16. Yeah, but the book is a look back. I thought as I entered my 40th year as a syndicated columnist, it would be interesting, I hope, to readers who read it, to look back beginning in 1984, Reagan's uh, beginning of Reagan's second term, and uh, see what happened over those years and and my take on them at the time. It's not a column collection, but it's more like a uh, a diary, if you will. And mm. uh, I had to go back and reread 4,000 columns, if you can believe that, even while writing new ones. And uh, just to see what happened and remind myself, I got some wonderful endorsements. I'm very pleased about this. I've I've tried to maintain friendships on all sides of the political spectrum. Uh, First, in my years as a reporter and then as a columnist. So I've got uh, Henry Louis Skip Gates of Harvard on the left. And I've got uh, Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune on the right. You can't get better than that. (laughs) No, you can't. And, you know, some of my favorite columns, and I actually have yellowed copies of columns that you used to write with Bob Beckel in the USA Today. What was the name of that? Common Ground. It was called Common Ground. Common Ground. And, uh, yeah, Bob and I did it for 10 years. He he left us last year. He had a lot of health problems. But um, one of the points he always made when we went out in the lecture circuit and did this was uh, find somebody uh, who you don't agree with politically and sit down with him over a cup of coffee and just listen. You know, we don't know each other anymore except by labels, right wing, left wing, uh, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, all this other stuff, Republican, Democrat. And uh, we don't take the time to know people. I mean, when you sit down and listen to somebody else, you are conveying respect upon them. You're saying, I, you know, I respect you as a person. And the benefit of that is that they listen to you. And Bob and I found that we agreed on some things by listening and, and, and becoming friends with each other. And I think the failure to do that is what has brought us to the present condition on that crazy debt limit. And mm-hmm. nobody in Congress from one party to the other hardly talks to each other anymore. There are no social gatherings in Washington anymore as there used to be with people of different backgrounds coming and spouses coming and getting to know each other and realizing we're all Americans. You know, one of the things Barack Obama said, and I didn't agree with him on much, but he said, we're not a black or white America. We're the United States of America. Why can't we get back to that instead of hyphenating ourselves and looking upon each other as members of tribes? Yeah, but then he did everything possible to keep us divided. You know, I can... He did. Yeah. Yep. And, and but, I you know, tell optimi- you. optimism is catchy. This is why I loved uh, Tim Scott's uh, speech. Uh, you read mm-hmm. the whole thing, or if you watch the whole thing, it was just full of, you know, he didn't, he didn't sing about we shall overcome said they. He said, I have overcome, mm-hmm. and this is how you can too. 
That used to be a story of America. You were born on the wrong side of the tracks. Your father was an alcoholic and left your mother when you were two years old. Yeah, okay, well, you stayed in school and you worked hard and you became chairman of your company. Those kinds of stories, you remember Paul Harvey used to tell the rest of the story. And mm-hmm. and, and these, these were people who grew up in difficult circumstances and overcame by the values that have been part of America since our founding. But we don't teach those things anymore. You think China is... Uh, is concerned about uh, drag queen story time in kindergarten. We, we've got fourth and fifth graders who can't even read on um, on grade level, but they're getting indoctrinated with climate change and LGBTQ and same-sex locker rooms and bathrooms. No wonder President Xi in China has said America is in decline. There's yeah. a lot of evidence to uh, support that view. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I think there are far fewer columnists like you've been all these years that are willing to talk about the optimistic side of America and, and coming together. You know, I have family members who don't talk to me anymore, and, and that's painful. <laughs> you know, it's really painful because even though I've always, you know, had differences and lots of liberals in my family who uh, objected to my political views, they didn't walk away from the relationship no. until recently. Well, look— who are the real intolerant people? Oh, yeah. You've just defined you've just mm-hmm. defined intolerance. Mm-hmm. They're all about diversity, equity, and inclusion, except mm-hmm. for conservatives and religious people. And right. they're they're to be excluded, not talked to, demeaned, denied, and discriminated against. So this for this the word hypocrisy was uh, invented. Absolutely, hey, Cal. Always a pleasure. People can get the book um, anywhere. I guess Amazon dot com and all the rest of it. A Watchman yep. in the Night is the name of the book, A Watchman in the Night. And I love the term Watchman anyway, so I absolutely will be picking <laughs> well, this book up. Well, it's taken from an Old Testament verse uh, yeah. where the ancient Israelites put a watchman on the wall to look out for invading armies. And my my position is we're in being invaded not by a traditional army, but by values and uh, and views that are undermining and are a threat to the future of this country. So that's where the idea came from. I love it. And anything scriptural is always going to hit home with me. Thanks so much, Cal Thomas. Always appreciate talking to you. Be well. Thanks for having me on. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I know I lost a break there somewhere, so uh, can you put it together now, (laughs) Serena? And uh, I'll be right back. Well, I did forget to tell everybody that uh, Dan Bongino's coming up at 1 o'clock and Ben Shapiro at 4 o'clock, Matt Walsh at 5 o'clock, and then, of course, the WPTV News, and then Jen and Bill will be back in the morning. I was listening last night to Joe Paggs, and we have a great lineup, you know? There's really, 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 really um, no problem. Uh, leaving your dial just where it is all day long. And the good news is that Ford just announced they're not going to take the AM radios out of their cars. Um, They got a lot of pushback. And for that, I'm grateful. I know a lot of you signed on and uh, made noise about it because AM radio is where people turn to during hurricanes and all kinds of emergencies. AM radio is where people have found talk radio and conservatives have a voice. So the idea that it was going to be stripped away in an election year was absolutely uh, frightening, to, to particularly to conservatives. So uh, now if Ford doesn't do it, you can bet that the other car companies aren't going to do it either. That's, that's just, uh, you know, they have to be competitive and they don't want to lose part of their audience. Now, tonight, 
at six o'clock, I think it is, um, the Twitter uh, spaces. I'm still trying to get there. I've had a few people send me emails telling me that they've been on Twitter spaces and it, it's uh, uh, easy to access. All you have to do is go to Twitter. So I'm convinced that we're all going to get to see the big announcement tonight. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's fascinating to me that the usual places where this stuff happens, right, uh, is no longer relevant. You know, Tim Scott did a video, I think, on YouTube, and that's how people found out. He was broadcasting from Facebook. Um, Ron DeSantis is going to do this on Twitter. Uh, so much for cable news networks, you know, so much for uh, people announcing on particular shows with particular hosts. I mean, if you're a big shot, like a Ron or, a, you know, Donald, you have your own way of making these announcements. Now, this is going to heat up dramatically. You know, one of the reasons that I will be on the air for the next two days is I need to know what exactly, how Governor DeSantis is going to manage the state of Florida and run for the presidency. Because they are not two easy jobs. These are not part-time jobs. These are full-time jobs. Donald Trump is going to be campaigning full-time. Um, Nikki Haley, she is campaigning full-time. Tim Scott still has a Senate seat, so I presume that he's going to have to juggle, but it's really, when you're one of a hundred um, and you're missing sometimes, it's not the end of the world. But there's only one governor for the state. And I don't know if, uh, you know, if, if uh, our governor has actually figured out a way to do both jobs. Because running for the presidency is a job. And I'm not going to cut anybody any slack. I'm really not. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about what Cal Thomas said, and I, I, you know, I'm a person who has values and morals, and um, I have known from the start that uh, Donald Trump had some significant deviations from any kind of moral high ground that I'd like to see a president hold. But I, um, I just have never had a president who performed as well and who scared the hell out of it, all of our enemies. And I'm terrified, I don't know about the rest of you, but China, Russia, these are hot spots. I, I, I ran with nuclear weapons, um, nuclear weapons that are gonna be transferred to all kinds of hostile people, North Korea. You know, who can, who can push back against all those rotten dictators and tyrants other than Donald Trump, who seems fearless when tackling those things? doesn't mind talking to the people that are involved. I don't know. You know, we will, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, get to find out if there's somebody else up to the task. And I hope that's what the press will concentrate on. Who can do what needs to be done from the election in 2024 until uh, the election in 2028? Because this is not a popularity contest. This is a contest. This is not even a, a judgment about who's the best guy. This is who can save America because we're in deep, deep doo-doo. So that's it. Get on Spaces, Twitter Spaces tonight if you can. Um, and 
I know I'm going to try, but I'll be up in I'll be up in the sky, and I'm not quite sure what the Wi-Fi availability will be, but I'm sure I'll hear all about it. So if I don't get to hear it, make sure you send me an email and tell me your uh, what you saw, and then I'll get it all together when I land. I thank you for your time this time until next time, and my plan is to be back here, although I'll be sitting in L.A., I'll be back here on the microphone tomorrow at noon, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us is tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then uh, make sure that you consider carefully who you're going to support because it's going to get hot and heavy soon. May God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. Pray the airplane stays up and I see you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.